0: Every day, throughout Great Ormond Street Hospital, people go above and beyond to help children and young people with complex health needs fulfil their potential. We've discovered what will make the most difference to our patients and staff, and have set ourselves six ambitious programmes of work to make one giant leap for GOSH. To help care for children with rare and hard-to-treat cancers, we'll build a new Children's Cancer Centre, a space with state-of-the-art facilities.
1: Fraser and I were in the boardroom in Solihull in one of our regional offices and uh, there was a knock on the door and uh, Fiona said, Fraser, Steve, have you got a minute? Uh, I want you to come and read this letter. And we went out onto the landing of the first floor of the Solihull office and Fiona showed us her her laptop and it was a a letter from REBA, the Royal Institute of Architects. Fraser and I peered at the screen and we read the first line almost simultaneously and then we looked at each other and fraser said oh my god we've won great ormond street in
0: the well-being education and development of our fantastic staff
2: 2016 a design competition was announced for the redevelopment of phase four of great ormond street hospital arguably the most recognizable children's hospital in the world cisk decided to pitch for the project and to the surprise and delight of PCSA project director Stephen Knight-Stringer, CISC won.
1: We were the outsiders. We were, you know, if there was a six-horse race, which it was at the time, then we, we would have been the rank outsider. Um, so to land it was, was massive. And, and from a personal perspective, it was a, yeah, it was a feel-good moment because it's it's certainly rewarding. This will be the flagship project for CISC in terms of healthcare in the UK.
2: This landmark project not only marks the start of an exciting new chapter for CISC's healthcare portfolio in the UK, it is also a fascinating study into how healing environments are created, building spaces that can evolve alongside medical technology, and the impact of working on a project with such a unique purpose. And it is the focus of this episode of Inside CISC. Welcome to Inside Sisk, a podcast series brought to you by John Siskinson, where we meet the people behind the projects. I'm Patrick Hawhey, and in this episode, I meet two of the team that is leading Sisk's redevelopment of Great Ormond Street Hospital. PCSA Project Director Stephen Knight Stringer.
1: We have to get this right. Not only do we have to get it right for Sisk and the Trust, but we actually have to get it right for the kids, the sick kids.
2: And Karen Greaves Erickson, CISC's Senior Design Manager for the project.
0: When you're working late, you see families coming in with their suitcases. They're there to spend the night with their children. And it's really important that the hospital can offer that function so that the kids don't feel alone and don't feel isolated and they can have their family with them.
2: If you are enjoying the series so far, please press the follow button on Apple or Spotify or wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. So let's cross back over to Stephen Knight Stringer. We've already heard Stephen describe the moment that the team learned that this landmark project had been awarded to CISC. It was a momentous day for the company. And of course, there was some celebrating to be done. But then the real task at hand got underway. And that's where we pick up the story.
1: I guess for the first few days it didn't really sink in um it was yes we understood we had a process and yes and bear in mind we were we were effectively starting with a blank sheet of paper uh you know we there was a, a concept design we had a few ideas we put some drawings together with our tender um but this was the the, the magnitude of the task was was became more and more Crystallised in our minds when we realised that you know we were going from a blank sheet of paper to delivering a um, hundred and seventy-five million pound children's hospital in the centre of London, um, and it's the biggest children's hospital brand in the, in the world. So the magnitude of it became increasingly more apparent as the, as the days and weeks went on. Um, it's not a process which bothered or troubled us because you know I've built several hospitals in my career, Fraser had at the time. So we knew what was ahead of us. Um I think the uh the one of the one of the things we did say was this this is an iconic building. It's an iconic brand and we have to get this right. Not only do we have to get it right for CISC and the Trust, but we actually have to get it right for the kids, the sick kids, you know, and when you walk round the existing hospital at Great Ormond Street, which I do frequently every week almost, um, it is a tired old building. It's not fit for purpose, and you see, you know, when you when you pass really sick kids on on beds and wheelchairs, you feel more of an attachment to this. It's not just a building. It's not just a hospital. This is a kids' hospital, and these are really sick kids, and and it's more of an emotional attachment to this building rather than just being a building there is yeah. far more to it than that
2: and is a building part of the healing process the environment that those uh, sick kids are in is it a factor in their healing alongside the care the medicine the treatment
1: it, it's a massive factor you 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 it is it is huge one of the questions in the brief was consider two things it needs to be a hospital that doesn't look like a hospital it needs to be far more homely and 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 in fairness to the trust part of the brief was they engaged they have a a young people's forum at great ormond street Um, and that consists of ex-patients you know kids that have kids that were in the hospital in their early years Two, three, four years old, who may now be 12, 13, 14, 15 years old. But they're part of the White Young People's Forum. And part of the design brief which came out with the tender was a long piece of work that the YPF had put together in terms of images, um, what they wanted. You know, they they, they the to the trust asked them, What this is your hospital, what do you want in a hospital? And 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 the the underlying theme was we don't want it to look like a hospital we want it to look like a home and creating that environment has a huge effect on how children recover from which are pretty pretty dire circumstances if i'm honest you can't you can't downplay this you know these some of these rare diseases and sicknesses that these and particularly the cancer children are very poorly Um, So giving them an environment within which they feel comfortable um, and it doesn't feel like a hospital is is huge and and it it significantly helps their recovery. You know, you can't play that down in any way, shape or form. I'll tell you a story, if if I may. Um, And this is a story that the Trust's previous project director, the delivery director, talked me through. And it was uh, around a, um, a small child that was in in the hospital, sick child, a a young boy who was about four or five years old. And um, he was in his room, which was overlooking one of the previous phases of the building. And uh, the contractor at the time had a tower crane. And every morning, the the tower crane driver climbed the mast of his tower crane. And uh, the little boy saw him doing this. And, and, as the days and weeks went past every every morning he saw the tower crane driver climb up the mast and do his day 's work and then climb down again in the evening and um, one day the uh, the little boy was standing at the at the window and uh, he waved at the tower crane driver, and the tower crane driver waved back to him and This happened more and more frequently as the days and weeks went past, and the nurses recognized this. Uh, and as the, the weeks progressed, the little boy started to draw pictures and hold them up to the window. And as he was waving to the tower crane driver, he was holding pictures up at the window. And the nurses thought what a good idea it would be to get the tower crane driver to come in to to meet the little boy. And they did. And uh, they brought they brought him in. And over the course of the next few months, the tower crane driver came in to, to meet the little little fella. Quite regularly, every few days he'd come in and spend half an hour in the, in the room with the little, little fella. And um, they formed quite a significant bond. And the tower crane driver met the family of the little boy as well. Sadly, the, the little boy didn't make it. Um, unfortunately, he, he did pass. Clearly, the family were devastated. So was the, tr- the crane driver. But the crane driver now has a real friendship with the family of the little boy. Um, And that friendship continues to this day, as I understand it. So that little story, whilst it's quite a sad outcome, just demonstrates to me that this is more than just a hospital. You know, that guy had an emotional connection to a patient and the family. But that just demonstrates to me why this hospital, this children's hospital means more than just a building.
2: As project director, is it important to you to instill a sense of that difference in this project to any other project they may have worked on or may be working on in the future? Is that something that's important for you to communicate to the people who will be working on it?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yes. I mean, my, my team... My team that I'm working with at the moment, we've, we've shaped that team into an extremely successful delivery team and, and we're set up well to deliver this project. They all understand that they are contributing in their own way, in their own role to delivering a children's hospital. Um, and, you know, I could ask I could ask anyone of my team, um, what's your job? And they'll tell me it might be a document controller. It might be a design manager. It might be an MEP manager. Um, but ultimately, that's their that's their task, if you like. Their job is to build a children's hospital. And I liken it to a story where a reporter went into the NASA facility in, in Florida. Uh, there was a, a janitor mopping the floor. And the reporter asked the janitor what his job was. And his response was, we're putting a man on the moon. And for me, that's the same scenario. You know, we all do different things. And we all have different disciplines different skills but we're all doing one thing and and in this instance we're delivering a children's hospital
2: one of the people on this team is karen greaves erickson karen is the senior design manager for the project responsible for managing the design team and ensuring that what is ultimately built is a place where sick children feel at home and can heal as quickly as possible karen is an architect by training and it is an area that has long been her passion.
0: I've wanted to be an architect since I was 13 years old. I used to sit at home and go through the home section of the newspaper and read the when other people might have been reading the comics, I was reading the in looking at the design of floor plans. Um, so I've always had a fascination for that, and it was artistic and science and math based, and it just really was an easy no-brainer opportunity to to go into that um and as i so even when i went to university i knew because i knew from when i was 13 that i wanted to be an architect so i every step of the way as i was educated more about what architecture was um it excited me. So it was at first I thought architecture was just homes. Then I got into school and realized actually architecture is so much more. Then I learned, okay, maybe if you're not the, the drawer, there's actually a place for you too, because there's, there's a side of management, there's a side, all different pieces that go into delivering buildings. And it's important to have that you have a whole team kind of doing that. So um, I studied architecture and urban design
2: oh urban design so is that the sort of layout of cities and and towns
0: yeah it is yeah so that was um it just so happened so i went from um an undergrad that did i did art and french and architecture and then um worked for four years for a really great firm that did schools and then i wanted to go back to school to kind of broaden my um project base so i went to a school that went to like a bigger scale. So I studied and got the the master's degree that I got was in urban design and architecture. Um, and from that I then moved from Boston to New York to work on really big buildings and always just kind of hospitals and laboratories fell into my lap. It was like hospitals and labs, hospitals and labs. So mm-hmm. I just loved um, the scale of a building that I knew that um, people were um interacting with so you could go you know being able to go into a space and be one of those just the people in the space and not have no one know that you what your involvement is in the space but then to be able to you know be a viewer and see how people are interacting with the space when they come in are they how are they feeling how are they are they smiling are they getting confused because they can't find the lifts um just being able to to do that as a passive observer in in public buildings and know that there's a huge range of people that you're affecting in the buildings.
2: Yeah, so so you're watching this behavior and in your mind it's like, well, I, how can I make this better for them? How can I make that experience better for them the minute they set foot in the door? And time and time again, have you found yourself coming up with the solutions? Have you found yourself like even sometimes maybe surprising yourself about how you managed to take a building from X All the way to why, and just make it so much better for those people.
0: That is collaborative. I mean, whether the people are actively responding to me because I'm asking them questions, or we're working through it as a design team, or you're just observing, like the design, each design for each place comes from a collaborative process of answering the issues and the problems of that space, and what does that space need that's different than the other space, and how can this provide best what what needs aren't being met now? How can we do it better? And how can we allow it to be able to be done better in the future by giving them, you know, we, we talked before about kind of the um, creating that flexibility so that you can come in and continue, you know, you learn from every hospital. It's like, what did they change on day one that you thought you got right? How can you avoid doing that or the next one so that they can get in there and make changes? Because it it is day one. The hospital will have changed um, from the brief that you were designing. Yeah, the, the every they say every hospital project takes about seven years. It's a long commitment, and you have to kind of step back and say, is this still fulfilling the big picture? Are you getting caught in the weeds? And is it the is it just you, you are solving something that was the question five years ago? Are you solving now the questions and the issues? that might be happening now it's based on this idea of a hospital as as a garden and it's this idea behind creating environments that are not imposing to the children that make them feel like they're at home because these kids can spend a lot of time in the hospital and we don't want it to feel ever like a you want it to be a welcoming environment from the time you open and walk in the door or see the, even see the building from the outside. I mean, this building integrates, um, green balconies in it. It's got a, it's creates a very welcoming building, artwork in the entrance, um, access to light, um, the access to art, personalization, being able to, um, you know, reduce crowding in a hospital. So you don't ever want to feel in noise. You don't want it to, to walk in and you don't want to feel like you're in a, a very intimidating environment. You want to be, you want to walk into a hospital that's a, a welcome environment. And it's not just the patients, but it's also very much the staff that needs that too, because while well, the patients are going through, can be going through very difficult procedures, the staff is going through that daily. So they also need to be working in an environment that creates uh, this opportunity for them to, whether it's, you know, creating a cyclical environment where you know what what it's like outside, creating um, an environment that flows simply so that you're not going in circles, trying to even move patients from one place to another. If, you know, if you get upset, if the patient gets upset, you feel, you feel that in people's body language. So it's physical and mental that you have to control through the design of, of the hospital.
2: Does this suggest that, um, alongside the medical treatment and the procedures that the, the, these children are, are are having and going through, that the environment is very much a complement to that type of treatment? That together, the they, they work together. That the the you can create a healing environment.
0: Absolutely. I mean, the smoother the process, the more green and controllable and functional the environment is. Studies have shown that. It creates good buildings, create good environments, especially in healthcare. The sooner that you can get a patient from from a treatment into the bed, into you know, if possible, their home, that's the best healing environment. You don't want to have to have people um, staying unnecessarily in 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 locations um, that are stressful to them. So you want to be able to move them into comfortable environments and it's all part of the healing process yeah
2: and also you mentioned you know trying to get them home as quickly as possible but while while they're still in the hospital i guess there's a you can help create a midway point of home where the family can actually come and stay with them in comfort that's a feature of this hospital isn't it
0: it is and that's the um it's it's something you see because we do work we're working in the hospital building that we will be tearing down so um When you're working late, you, and you're leaving the hospital, you see families coming in with their suitcases, with their delivery due, and they're they're there to spend the night with their children. And it's really important that the hospital can offer that function so that the kids don't feel alone and don't feel isolated and they can have their family with them because they need a personalized, personal environment that is not, that could almost be, you know, fun while they're going through procedures
2: yeah and so you're spending do you spend a lot of time in the hospital as part of your role
0: it's it's where our office is and um it's the best place to understand what the building will need is to be in the hospital and see it it, it's more just what you learn by through other people's processes of things you pick up on just moving through like i said the hospital is a very complex campus environment, and you see um, how all the different facets are using it. This hospital does not have anywhere for like hiding. There's no back of house. There's no um, there's no spot where you can kind of. Everything is very visible, and you can see the effect that the design has on on the people who are working there in many different facets, whether they're doing maintenance, doing cleaning, um, trying to move a patients, or they are the patients, or they're the parents and the family. So it's all very, very visible within the hospital. So it needs to be a really calm environment. And that's something that can be done through creating what they call healing environments for creating areas where people can step out into landscape, reducing noise, reducing crowding, providing access, providing art, um, providing personalization. All hospitals need that kind of element of fun design in them to keep them from being a sterile hospital. Nobody wants a sterile hospital anymore, Um, really moving away from that. You hear it a lot with design of children's hospital, but I do think it's just as important if you're designing a children's hospital or an adult hospital, that you're creating an environment that is is not scary because we are all big kids, we're all going through the same.
2: A project of this size and significance is not without its challenges. The nature of the construction its location in central London, and indeed how it is being funded. These are all feeding into the sheer scale of the undertaking. Stephen outlines just some of the challenges that he and the team are facing. Because this is in the centre of London, because it's being attached to an older, you know, established part of the building, because there's probably a lot of retrofitting involved, is the need to lock in the design as much as possible before you ever put a shovel in the ground uh, heightened is it is it far more important than it normally may be
1: um it is in this case certainly because um what we're actually doing is we're we're demolishing the existing frontage building, which is the the horrible outdated tired building that sits on Great Ormond Street and we're replacing it with a a brand new building a bigger building uh which is fit for purpose um the whole essence of the competition the reBA uh, competition was that they wanted a contractor on board from day one, so that the the cost, the design, the program, and the risks were all tied down before you started work. And it's significant and important, particularly in this case, because um, the funding for this development is being provided by Great Ormond Street Charity. It's entirely charity funded. There is no public money as such. The NHS are not funding this project. It is entirely paid for by Great Ormond Street Charity. So you have to be sure that you're spending charitable funds properly and they're secure before you start any work. So in this this case, you always want a project that's well designed, well programmed, well costed. So you have that certainty. But in this case, it's magnified because it's charity funded. It's people that have donated to the charity that are effectively paying for this building. So it's even more important in this case. And it's interesting you you mentioned technology because medical equipment um, develops at a pretty rapid pace. Um, And one of the things that, um, again, a conversation I had with the previous project director When she and I talked back in 2019, she actually said, How do we avoid opening an old hospital?
2: Yeah. And that's an
1: interesting thought, really, because, you know, we could be looking at medical equipment now that in another four years or so will have developed. It's developing as we speak. So that challenge, how do we avoid opening an old hospital, meaning, the equipment will be outdated is a significant challenge uh, and one which we're wrestling with. Um, so I think with the best will in the world we'll do everything we can to make sure that doesn't happen but equally technology moves on at such a pace it's, it's incredibly difficult to to ensure that um, we, we don't do that but what we do do is build in the flexibility in the design to adapt to changing technologies. And yeah. that, that's the important thing in the in the design. It's adaptable um, and it can be can be changed in the future to, to suit changing needs.
2: Both Stephen and Karen have a lot of experience building healthcare facilities. Karen has designed a number of hospitals and laboratories both in the UK and in the US. And the particular challenges that buildings like these present are exactly what seem to motivate her
0: the awesome wondrous thing of hospitals is they are incredibly complex buildings there's so many people involved in getting bringing this hospital that i haven't even met a smidgen of them
2: those challenges are obviously something you enjoy to a certain extent because you keep coming back as you say to hospitals to to laboratories what is it about these challenges that seem to draw you back that seem to maybe fulfill you when you overcome them
0: yeah it's almost like Get doing well in a physics class in university like they are it's a challenge that you don't know when you go into it and you know that you're going to be something you're going to learn something new so and you're going to learn something that is that you would hadn't even expected you were going to learn whether it's about how it's affecting a person or in a more technical side how the electrics works how the transformer is going to connect efficiently and start to meet the net zero you know, aspirations of the future and ha- how that can be actually designed into a building. So there's just, there's so much that because of the size of the building, you can really make sure you're doing things um, in the best practice kind of way. And so you, you can learn from the experts on that because we have a great team of, of experts
1: well i've been in the industry for over four forty years now since i since i left school um, and i i my career I, in that time i've built roads i've built sewers i've built motorways um i've built structures for offices um i've had a pretty wide and varied career uh, i mean i've even even to the point of delivering um the largest student accommodation in Birmingham uh, which was a 7 year project at Aston University um, but in my career i have built several hospitals and what i always come back to is delivery of healthcare because it it's it's a i'm not, i'm not going to dismiss other areas and sectors of construction um because they're a function and they're, they're a necessity but for me hospitals are far more a trip interesting and far more challenging from a professional perspective, um, because they're a they're a different entity, they're a different building, and they have so many different challenges. So, for me, healthcare has always been a passion of mine in terms of delivering hospitals. So, yes, I've had a wide, very, wide and varied career, and I've delivered all sorts of things in construction, but but hospitals and healthcare is what I always come back to, and that that's. That's why this this project certainly attracted and and, and, and um, my attention was drawn to it.
2: from the perspective of CiSC, do you hope and does the company hope that this marks the start of a significant track record in healthcare
1: I mean a lot of the a lot of the healthcare work ciSC has done and and and, and you know CiSC is the biggest contractor in Ireland by far, so they do have a track record in Ireland, but in terms of the u k. <laughs> This will be the flagship healthcare project for CISC in the UK. So, yes, it's um, undoubtedly um, an important project for CISC. And it, and it will, I have no doubt, um, serve as the launch pad for bigger, bigger and even more interesting challenges because we have, um, as a business, secured places on the um, National uh, Health uh, uh, health services framework for delivering healthcare in the UK. That's been a recent thing in the last couple of years. So that's a massive step for the business as well. And we are seeing more healthcare opportunities come to the business now. So it, it, this is just the start. So, yeah, watch this space, as they say.
2: While the development of Great Ormond Street Hospital marks the start of a very significant new chapter in the story of John Siskinson, it is also the project that will help shape the final chapter of a long and successful career for Stephen Knight Stringer, and one that will be a source of great pride.
1: And you know I quite often get laughed at you know some of my friends and family I said, "Oh, yeah, I built that, or I built this road well, yeah, it's a road. we all drive on roads, but not everybody builds a hospital yeah. you know and um and i and i am I'm, I'm sort of coming to the back end of my career um i I think this, given its its significance, its national significance, I think this would be the cherry on the cake. I could probably retire in a few years' time you no know, in, in the knowledge that I've delivered a you know, a significant part of of healthcare, uh, and that that's that's the thing that uh, pleases me most.
2: I hope you enjoyed this episode of Inside CISC Thanks for listening, and I hope you can join us again for the next one.